to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. Happy Monday, friends. Today is the day. Today is the day that the Paleo Women Lifestyle Program opens up for enrollment. I am so excited to welcome a new group of women into our family And I love this program so much. It's kind of bittersweet because this is the last time I'm running this online course as a group program. So the course is sold as self-study, DIY, year-round. You can purchase that whenever you want. And then you can go through all the content on your own time by yourself whenever you want. And then a few times a year, I run this as a group program where I walk the women through the different modules week by week. So it's five weeks. And in the group program, you not only get access to all of the online course content, so that includes video and audio lectures from me and downloadable PDFs with all of the course content, as well as access to our private Facebook group. So that group is just for the women in the group program and live video coaching calls with me and also all of the previous live video coaching calls that have ever been done in the program. So you have so much content you could potentially work through. And the women ask really good questions, so we've probably covered every single topic you could ever think of in one of those live video group coaching calls. I created this program because this is all the information I think every woman needs to know to live a healthy lifestyle. Being in this space and also having gone through my own personal health journey, It really makes me annoyed how much bullshit information is put out there and how everybody's just marketing to you and trying to sell something for repeat customers and looking at everything through a microscope lens and generalizing everything and giving people this health advice that really just works way better for men than women and talking about studies that have shown X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, who who are you studying? Are you studying a 25-year-old man? Because I'm not one of those. And really preying on women's insecurities, that's a lot of what the health and fitness industry is, is preying on their insecurities and trying to get them to do X, Y, and Z and making them feel like they're not good enough. And I just want to stop all the bullshit. I want to give you some real health information You know that I love to bust health myths. I just want to give it to you straight. I just want to tell you everything you need to know. How do we make this work? How do I make my whole lifestyle healthy, balanced, actually make this realistic and just no BS for you. I just want you to be able to go through this program and learn the basics of everything you need to know and then help you troubleshoot from there because I fell into so many different traps trying to follow all the health advice and do all the things and I really hurt my health and I just hate to see other women doing that and 
I see common themes coming up over and over again with my clients and I thought I just need to make this program. So we cover all the basics you need to know about nutrition and when I say basics, I mean you know me. It's probably not really basics, but it's what you need to know about the different macronutrients, what they're doing in your body and how to build an actually balanced plate versus just copying what some random Instagrammer does because trust me, her plate is not balanced. Cooking and grocery shopping and tricky ingredients. We cover some gut health and how to balance your hormones. With women specifically, we are just hormonal symphonies. So much is going on and we shift all the time throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month. And it's really important to understand how to balance your hormones and just taking a holistic approach there. We also talk about the social aspect of living a healthy lifestyle, how to navigate restaurants and menus and social situations, as well as body image and confidence and sleep hacks and exercise movement. There's so many myths about that and what you should and shouldn't be doing, as well as stress management. Gotta address those cortisol levels. So really just every aspect of health and wellness that you need to cover. And the beauty of this group program is the incredible group of women in it. You will meet so many like-minded, incredibly supportive women who are going through the same or similar health struggles that you've gone through, same mindset, and we really have such an incredible community. You can meet lifelong friends in there. If you've ever felt like no one around you really gets it, I promise you the women in this group really get it. There are women in this group who just want to live a healthier lifestyle. There are women who are struggling with amenorrhea or just dysregulated periods, getting off of hormonal birth control, or they are going through a candida protocol or a SIBO protocol or Lyme, heavy metals, mold toxicity. Some of them are trying to clear up their acne or their eczema. Some want to lose weight. Others have migraines or brain fog. There are women of all different types in this program of all ages from 17 to 50 in there and from literally all over the world. It's an awesome place to be and we all get to know each other on the live video calls and you get access to me in the private Facebook group and in those calls to ask me your questions and troubleshoot things then also bounce ideas of other women in the group and it's really just irreplaceable and you also have that group accountability and people supporting you along the way. So whatever your health goals are, if you just want to learn more, if you have a specific goal to reach, then this is the place for you. But I really think all the information in here every woman needs to know at least. And today only, the program is $200 off of the normal price. So today's going to be $200 off for early bird pricing. And then tomorrow, the course will go back to regular pricing. There are limited spaces available. So hop on it if you want in. If you have any questions at all, just feel free to email me them and I will answer them. But don't forget that this is the last time I'm offering this as the group program before the course is just self-study DIY forever from now on. So if you've been thinking about it, now is the time and I 100% promise you will not regret it. So if you are ready to sign up, if you want to learn more about exactly everything you get, if you want to read some amazing testimonials, you can go to bit.ly slash paleo women lifestyle. Again, that's bit.ly slash paleo women lifestyle and that information will also be in the show notes. I definitely recommend going through this program before you work with a practitioner. If you are considering working with some type of 
functional practitioner or a nutritionist, I would go through this program because you will save yourself a lot of time and money because I lay out pretty much everything they're going to cover with you for at least the first couple weeks or months. So I really just want this to be a tool for you. And I know a lot of women have told me that just going through this course content has changed their lives. And if you've done self-study before and you want to upgrade to the group program, you absolutely can. Just shoot me an email and I will help you upgrade. You just have to pay the difference. That's it. In that group, we love to share different health hacks and favorite products, all of the things. And a topic that comes up a lot is stress management, balancing hormones, sleep. Sleep tends to be a big problem I'm seeing with a lot of people not being able to sleep through the night. You should be able to sleep through the night. And one of my favorite products for helping with all of those issues is Ned's Full Spectrum Hemp Oil. This is the only CBD product I use. This is the only one I put into my body. Studies have shown that the majority of CBD products on the market do not contain the amount of CBD that they advertise on the label, if any at all. They also are usually cut with inflammatory oils and flavors. And I am all about quality and Ned's Full Spectrum Hemp Oil is the highest quality CBD out there. Full spectrum hemp oil can be used as a sleep aid. It can help you wind down before bed. It can be used to help with insomnia and just sleep through the night. If you haven't checked out my nighttime knockout latte recipe featuring Ned, definitely check it out. It will knock you out if you have a hard time falling asleep. It's also a natural anti-inflammatory. So if you have inflammation issues, I highly, highly recommend this. It's also a natural pain reliever. It's been used to help with anxiety, PTSD, depression. If you have mental health problems, then I highly recommend incorporating this into your life. It's also a really rich source of antioxidants, and it is used in the treatment of a lot of really serious chronic conditions like epilepsy, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. It really helps to balance out your hormones. It just, it works in your endocannabinoid system, and this system in the body helps to even you out. It's our balancing system. It helps us reach homeostasis. And that's when problems arise in the body, when we are out of balance, when our bodies cannot reach homeostasis. Ned's Full Spectrum Hemp Oil will not get you high. It's CBD, although it's not called CBD. They don't market it as that because technically only pharmaceutical companies can use that term. But Ned's Full Spectrum Hemp Oil contains just they're CBD, the full range of phytocannabinoids, so not just CBD. You're getting all of the active cannabinoids, and that full entourage effect is what's going to give you the benefits, and then non-GMO MCT oil. Go ahead and look at the ingredients on other CBD products out there. They are not that clean. And why I love Ned products so much is their high-quality sourcing. So they do not use any CBD isolates. So those are lab-isolated CBD compounds that are in that white powder form, and they're stripped of all of the phytocannabinoids. They also only extract from hemp flowers, known as the buds, versus other products on the market use the stalks and seeds. It's like the throwaway part of the plant. You don't want that. They also use a really gentle, slow ethanol-based extraction method, which is done at room temperature. A lot of other companies are using high heat or high pressure, and that really just destroys the profile of the hemp flower and its cannabinoid content. And if you guys know me, you know I'm all about energy, and this is another reason why I think Ned products are just stellar. They energetically infuse all their products with binaural beats, positive affirmations, and happy vibes. And if you are not familiar with the studies showing that literally the molecular structure of water can change when you bless it, when you say good things to it, you need to check those out. And that is a similar idea with Ned's product. They are making sure that 
there literally couldn't be any better quality out there. A lot of people try CBD and they tell me, oh, it doesn't work. And I say, what did you use? We got to get them to use the NED. And then once they start using the NED, they notice a huge difference. Quality really, really does matter. I use this pretty much every single evening. I use a 750 milligram. Usually, I recommend starting with a 300 and then working your way up. But I use that every single night and I typically do a dropper's worth into my mouth. You want to hold it under your tongue for about 30 seconds and then swallow. You can also put it on top of your food, drizzle it along, or put it in my latte recipe or any other drink you want. But holding it under the tongue is really key to get the max benefits. Ned also sells hemp-infused lip balms and a hemp-infused body butter that are absolutely amazing. And I highly recommend if you have any joint pain or just areas that need extra soothing, definitely check out their body butter. It's insane and smells amazing. You can check out all of Ned's products at helloned.com. And you can use my discount code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, for 15% off. Again, that's helloned.com. And my discount code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, will get you 15% off. I absolutely love the guys from Ned, not only because their product is amazing, but also because they have such integrity and our values really align. And I've been thinking a lot about what my values are and what do I believe, specifically in terms of what is a healthy lifestyle. Like, what does that mean? What does it mean to be healthy? And I wanted to do a podcast about the pillars of health from my perspective, especially for people who are new here and maybe don't know what I'm all about. I feel like this would just be a nice way for me to lay out what I consider to be health. What do I want you to strive for to optimize the way you feel and to optimize your overall life? I feel like this is just going to be a good synopsis of what I think is important to focus on. If you're feeling out of balance, if you're feeling like things are out of control, if you want to get healthy and you want to understand what I think it means to be healthy, this is what you should focus on in your life. So I have come up with seven pillars of health. Pillars, not a pyramid, because I think all of these stand on their own and they all help to support the foundation of what is your overall health. So all of them are equally important in my eyes. And I think this is really important to touch on because a lot of people think, oh, I eat a perfectly clean diet. I'm so healthy. But maybe all the other pillars are out of balance and they're broken. And if one of those pillars is broken, then your whole damn house is going to fall down. You know what I mean? For so long, I was one of those people who just thought, okay, I need to eat a squeaky clean paleo diet and then I need to exercise and I'm good to go. I'm healthy. Like, I'm a healthy person. And then along the way, I realized, wow, that's like definitely not the full the full picture. There are so many other aspects of health to be focusing on. And I also see this with clients too or people who feel like I, I can't be healthy because maybe I am not going to eat a certain way or I can't exercise. No, but you can because there are so many other things to work on. This is always a process and a constant journey of evolution in our lives and you can work on all of these different things. So if you feel like one of these you really have down, then maybe focus on one of the others and you'll find that if you really tap into all of these pillars and if you feel like all of them are at 100%, you will feel amazing. And I also recommend as I go through them to rate each one on a scale of one to 10. So one being 
not not there all the way with this one. 10 being I feel so fulfilled and satisfied. And I think it can be a really helpful way to take stock of where you're at. And this is an exercise I do with a lot of my clients as well, just when we first start working together. And I will point out different aspects of their lives and we'll rate them on a scale from one to 10. And it really helps clarify, okay, what is missing? Because a lot of times people know that something's wrong or something's missing and they'll pin it on something easier. Like they'll pin it on whatever they perceive to be easier. So sometimes it means they're they're pinning the issue on relationship problems or they're pinning the issue on their career or they're pinning the issue on their nutrition or on their exercise instead of what it really is. And it could be any one of those things. So that's what I recommend. Let's just go ahead and hop into these seven pillars of health. Number one. Can you guess what it is? It's going to be nutrition, of course. So really, I think all people should start here because it makes such a big difference. And when you get your nutrition dialed in, it provides you with a clarity of mind so that you can really be able to put your all into the other pillars. And one thing sort of leads to another. And I think that nutrition is the easiest stepping stone. It's like the biggest rock. You get this. And then everything else kind of just layers on and works seamlessly. So let's talk about nutrition. What do I believe is truly healthy when it comes to nutrition? I personally believe that everybody should be following a mostly paleo style diet. So that means focusing on whole foods from the earth, trying to emulate the way our ancestors ate as much as we can. So we really want to eat different vegetables and fruits and high quality animal proteins and healthy fats, some nuts and seeds, whatever you can find in nature and trying to keep things as unprocessed as possible. And this isn't about perfection. It's about what we're doing most of the time. And eating with the intention of what can I consume today that's going to fuel my body, that's going to make me feel the way I want to feel, that's going to give me energy and clarity of mind. That's where we should be coming from. Focusing on healing foods, adding in superfoods like liver and sea vegetables and fermented foods. These are all extras. Bone broth, collagen, those are like extra credit points. But really focusing on a whole foods-based, nutrient-dense diet, eating for nutrient density, trying to get everything you can from food. Unfortunately, in today's world, it's kind of impossible to get everything we need from food just because our soil is so depleted and our our food just isn't the way it once was. That could totally give us all the nutrients we need, but get as much as we can from food originally. And then if you need to supplement, depending on your body, then you would move from there. For example, most Americans are deficient in magnesium and vitamin D or vitamin DK2 is really what you would want. So those could be examples of things that you might potentially want to add in, but we really want to focus on whole foods diet, nutrient density, and eating to fuel, eating to heal. And talking about nutrition, it's also really important to talk about quality. So what would we ideally be having? We'd ideally be having organic as much as we can, wild-caught fish, pasture-raised poultry, pastured eggs, 100% grass-fed beef, raw nuts and seeds, organic fruits and vegetables. If you are consuming dairy, making sure it's high quality, raw, grass-fed. If you're going to consume grains and legumes, making sure that they are prepared properly, soaked, and sprouted. 
And if you're eating something that is not necessarily whole foods based, where is the decision coming from? Because there's this whole emotional side of food as well that people, you know, this is very controversial, but I believe that sometimes it's okay to eat emotionally. If you're eating emotionally regularly, that's probably not the best and we should get to the root cause, but food is social and food brings people together and sometimes food makes us happy and we enjoy the experience and sometimes you're traveling and it's about an experience and it's where is that coming from? Where is that intention coming from? If you're eating emotionally because you hate yourself and you hate your life, that's very different than wanting to eat something that you don't typically eat because you are with some friends and you're having an experience and maybe you're traveling and you want to take part in the culture or it's for a memory. That is different. And those experiences are important to have. You know, if it's if it's Christmas and every year your grandma makes her amazing cherry pie and it's a family tradition and it means so much to you, why are you questioning having it? I mean, assuming you're not like severely allergic to it, but you get my point. Balance is important and it's about going at every nutritional decision from a place of love and how is this going to serve me and it should be serving you in a positive way physically and or emotionally. To me, a paleo way of living, a paleo quote diet isn't a diet. It's the end of dieting in my opinion. And I think, I mean, how can you argue with eating whole foods? How can you argue with eating what we evolved to eat? (laughs) Unprocessed foods that the body can recognize. It just helps to naturally regulate everything else and so many potential health benefits. You will find that you think more clearly, that you feel more energized, that your whole body feels like it functions better when you focus mainly on whole foods. And another really important part about nutrition is hydration and making sure you're getting plenty of water. So typically, half your body weight in ounces is a good place to start. Some people might need more. If you're drinking caffeinated beverages, you definitely need more. Maybe if you're an athlete, if you sweat a lot, you probably need more. Or if you eat a lot of water-rich foods, you might need less, but that's a good place to start. When it comes to pillars of health, I am not somebody who aligns with a specific macronutrient ratio for everybody, so I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to pick a side because different things work for different people, but a whole foods-based, nutrient-dense, properly prepared diet is where it's at. As well as properly fueling your body. So I know a lot of us grew up in diet culture. We're, we're surrounded by diet culture and all these trends and fads and whatever. But I really want you to just simplify it for a second and focus on whole foods, but also nourishing your body properly. A lot of people undereat. A lot of people also overeat. And I think we all intuitively no, when we're overeating or when we are undereating, there's a little voice in the back of your head. There's your body, like tuning into your body and feeling how that feels in your stomach. Are you satisfied? Truly, what's going on? Because a lot of people are afraid to eat enough food. And sometimes other people use food to just numb out. And neither of those situations is properly nourishing your body. So in sum, eating enough food, eating mainly animal proteins, high-quality animal proteins, healthy fats like extra virgin olive oil and avocados and coconut oil and ghee, avocado oil, bison tallow, 
duck fat, lard, any of those healthy oils, nuts and seeds, organic vegetables and fruits, organic herbs and spices, and trying to leave out as much as possible the soy, the corn, the conventional sources of dairy, the alcohol. If you're going to consume grains and legumes, making sure that they are properly prepared, soaked, and sprouted. Focusing on unprocessed whole foods that are rich in nutrients and antioxidants. I know that was brief, but that's really just kind of what the pillar is. So that's the nutrition pillar. So let's move on to number two, which is fitness, movement, exercise. Another one that people overcomplicate, I think, but I think this is a really important part of overall health. And everybody's fitness routine is going to be a little different, but I think there are a few important bases to cover for everybody. The first is plenty of low-level movement. So just walking around. I'm not talking about power walks. I'm talking about leisurely walking movement, getting in your neat. This is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. This is all the movement we get in during the day that we don't think of as exercise, so to speak, but maybe you're doing the dishes, you are mowing the lawn, you are folding laundry, you're moving your body in some way. Our society is generally very sedentary and it's really helpful to move around as often as you can. Take the stairs instead of the elevator, park a little bit further away so you can get some extra steps in. Stand as much as possible. Our ancestors were not sitting all day. People are sitting all day and sitting is the new smoking. Being sedentary is literally a bigger risk to your health than smoking, which is really scary and most people are very sedentary. Now, I don't want you to be afraid of sitting down, but I want you to just try and be as active as you can throughout the day. So with those things I suggested, I think that, you know, some people get too wrapped up in like hitting steps or their Fitbit or whatever, but I do think it's good to have some kind of goal, just if that helps you stay on track, if that motivates you to move throughout the day or just checking in to how much you do move because, I mean, 10,000 steps is a very arbitrary number. There's no actual science behind that. That was just made up to sell some products to get people to walk around more. But, I mean, why not? It's a good number. But maybe yours isn't 10,000. Maybe it's 7,000 or 8,000 or 12,000, whatever. Just getting in more movement than, like, 2,000, which is what most Americans get. I just made that number up. It's I don't know if it's actually 2,000, but I'm saying most people probably get, like, 500 to, like, 3,000 in the ballpark, I'm going to assume. Because we go to work, we sit all day, we come home, we sit on the couch, we go to sleep. And you got to be moving. Just get in some extra movement that doesn't feel like exercise. And then from there, strength is really important and some resistance on the body. This is really, really important for overall health, bone health, mental health, longevity, just building muscle is really important. So applying some type of resistance to your body. So this could be body weight movements. This could be lifting weights. This could be using bands. Just some type of resistance should be applied to your body a couple times a week. Like make that a regular practice. I'm a big fan of weights. You don't have to be a gym rat to <laughs> to have a really solid exercise routine and get in that strength training. I personally highly recommend the programs from Mind Pump. You guys know I love those programs, but their MAPS programs are great for everybody. I really recommend if you are brand new to lifting weights, check out MAPS Starter. If you have lifted weights before, then go for MAPS Anabolic. That is kind of their general strength building routine that's really great for everybody. And if you don't want to use weights, or if you're traveling on the go, I recommend MAPS Anywhere. 
If you want to get a MAPS program from Mind Pump, go to bit.ly slash mindpumpcrw and my code wellness should get you 10% off of any program. So we have low-level movement, we have some type of resistance training or strength training, and then something restorative is really important to add in. So this is where yoga is really nice, stretching, tai chi. This could be restorative walks, but just something restorative to help balance out your central nervous system and let your muscles recover. That's really helpful. So that's baseline for me. That's what I think everybody should start with. And then I think extras, once you have that down, depending on your health goals and how you're feeling, adding in something like interval training, high-intensity interval training once or twice a week maybe. So we're talking about short bursts of intense movement followed by a rest period. This is over a short period of time, maybe 10 to 15 minutes. Sprints are awesome, but you could also use other bodyweight movements. There are all kinds of versions of HIT, but HIT training is not 45 minutes in a gym at a a class. That's not real HIT. You should feel like you're going to die after 10 minutes. Otherwise, you're not doing it right. And then also, you know, more steady state cardio. Like cardio isn't the devil. It's not the devil, but I don't really think it's necessary for most people for overall health if you're getting plenty of low-level movement in and you are getting in your strength training. I think that's more of a priority, but some people love cardio. Some people want to add that in. Just making sure you're not overdoing it because that can just be a long-term stressor on the body that can do more harm than good sometimes. So basically, I want you to walk around more. I want you to try and be active. I want you to start taking the stairs. Don't be lazy. Walk to the grocery store. I want you to get some resistance training in. I want you to do something restorative. If you want to go extra, maybe do some intervals. Maybe do some cardio, but that's not necessary. But exercise movement, this is an important pillar. It's really important to be generally active. This doesn't mean you have to feel like you're dying. You don't have to be an athlete, but you need to be moving your body. And I recommend trying out different types of exercise to see what you like. Maybe you really like dance. Maybe you really like lifting weights. Maybe you love yoga. Maybe you like doing jujitsu. Maybe you like playing basketball or volleyball or any other type of sport, but find something you like and stick with that. Whatever is going to get you motivated and get you moving is what you want to focus on. Okay, number three, let's get into healthy lifestyle factors. There are three main ones that I want to focus on here, but this is really like the lifestyle piece. And the first is sleep. So getting plenty of sleep. So this number is going to be different for everybody. I recommend shooting for eight hours of sleep a night. This can be a game changer for literally every part of your health. Your sleep is when you repair. This is when your brain repairs. This is when your body repairs. You need to get that sleep in. Chronic sleep deprivation raises your cortisol big time, and that can lead to inflammation and weight gain and brain fog and low energy and all types of different health issues. So getting in enough sleep is crucial. Ideally, we would be sleeping from the hours of 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. It's okay to not be perfect about it, but those are the ideal hours to aim for. If you're in that area, that's really great, but really prioritizing your sleep you might find will make a huge difference on your overall health and how you feel. I know that when I 
get even just seven hours of sleep a night, I do not feel like I'm on my A game. I feel like I cannot think very well. I feel like I'm not there all the way. And then as soon as I get my eight hours in, I feel much better. And you might find that your number is seven. Maybe you just need seven hours and you feel great. You might find that your magic number is nine. Some people need nine hours of sleep, but figure that out and really honor that. And I know it's hard for people to prioritize their sleep because they feel like there's so many other things they need to do, but this is just really, really crucial and something that's really overlooked. You can be doing all of the other things, and if you are not sleeping enough, it doesn't matter. If you are if you're eating the perfect diet, if you are exercising however many days a week, it's really a priority, but you're barely sleeping, you will not reach your goals. And the effects that sleep deprivation has on the brain are just immense. You should definitely listen to my podcast with Dr. Andrew Hill. If you haven't already, we talk a little bit about this and also my podcast with Dr. Gregory Kelly from Neurohacker. We also talk about sleep and brain function. And just in terms of longevity, I know it's easy when we're younger to slide by on less hours of sleep and not realize how that will impact us much later on. But you don't want to be older and then have all of that sleep deprivation catch up to you and think, oh my God, I should have slept more when I was younger. Because a lot of times, you know, when we are in our teens and 20s, we will just hustle and not sleep. And we're like, oh, I can can handle it. Maybe you think you can handle it right now, but that's going to catch up with you. So sleep. Do everything you can to support your sleep. Use your Ned, wind down, try and avoid blue light after it gets dark. Maybe get a Himalayan salt lamp. I just did that. I got a few for my apartment, so I don't have to use bright lights. Wear your blue blocker glasses. Do whatever you need to do to optimize your sleep. Sleep in a cool room. Allow yourself to wind down before bed and make bed a sleep only place, not a workplace, not an Instagram place, just sleeping. All right, the next part of lifestyle I want to hit on is getting enough sunlight. This is so important for your health. You really need that positive energy from the sun, from the fresh air. Getting outside is so, so important. We need to get some negative ions. We are just surrounded by all these positive ions with all of these buildings and electronics. We need to get out into nature and really get sunlight. So aiming for at least 20 minutes from the hours of 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. will really do you some good. This also relates to the idea of forest bathing, which is literally used to heal physical health conditions in other countries. Forest bathing, getting out into nature and allowing nature to heal you. Really getting out, seeing the greens, but getting that sunlight on you. I mean, we can all feel this. Like, if you go outside and feel the sun just energetically and emotionally, you're in a better mood, but that's also physiologically really helpful. Getting enough vitamin D, getting in those negative ions from the earth is really helpful, but getting in sunlight makes a huge difference on your overall health. So definitely try and make sure you can do that. If that means on your lunch break or your work break, everybody has to have a break. Go outside, don't just sit inside. And then the last piece of lifestyle, which is really important. Honestly, I wanted to make this its own pillar, but 
I wanted seven pillars because I liked the number. So this is just going to lifestyle. But this is the most important thing. That side note asterisk really should be its own pillar. Stress management. Whoa. Stress. Stress kills. Stress is the root of all disease. Stress is the root of all negativity. We need to de-stress. And people really put stress management on the back burner. So this could be things like taking a relaxing walk every day. This could be meditating. I think that's really amazing for stress management. It could be yoga. It could be laying down at the end of the day on the floor and putting your legs up the wall for 10 minutes. It could be having strict times where your phone is on and other strict times where it's off. It could mean having strict times where you're checking email and social media and then at other times you're putting it away. It also means talking about what's stressing you out and facing it head on and feeling those emotions and not just complaining or bottling it up and letting it fester inside you. It's about working through it. Get a stress ball. Acupuncture can be amazing. Acupressure mats. Reading a book. Spending time with family and friends. We'll get more into this later. Stress management kind of rolls into the rest of the pillars, But stress management is really, really important. Even simple things like using essential oils. Essential oils like lavender and frankincense can be amazing for managing stress. You can just put a couple drops on your pulse points on the bottoms of your feet, put a drop of lavender on your pillow when you go to sleep. But really, that naturally helps to manage your stress as well. As soon as you smell those oils, that is sending signals into your brain to help you calm down, reduce your cortisol. This also means cutting out any negative people in your life. So think about who stresses you out? What stresses you out? Is there a person? Are there people? Is it family? Is it friends? Is it your job? Is there a coworker? If there's a situation that's stressing you out chronically, we need to shift it. We need to change it. So this might mean changing relationships and focusing on other ones. It might mean changing jobs or setting new boundaries, but that is part of stress management and it is very crucial to overall health. Stress is, like I said, root cause, silent killer, root of all chronic disease. And when we are stressed out in the body, this causes physiological changes. This causes physical health issues. This causes gut dysbiosis and this causes hormonal issues. Your cortisol is high and all of your body's resources are going to making cortisol and you can't make your stress hormones, for example. Or your cortisol is high and your body's stressed out and your immune system is weakened. Your emotional stress really does impact your physical body and especially long term is a huge health hazard. So we're all going to face acute stressors, but it's these chronic stressors that we have to shift. And if something is stressing you out, we have to figure out what we can do to manage that and change it so that it's not stressful. So this means drawing boundaries. Boundaries are the name of the game. And then I also want to touch on products for a second and what we're using in our homes because this is a really important part of a healthy lifestyle. It's the things like switching over from plastic Tupperware to glass and cleaning your home with non-toxic cleaning supplies, natural cleaning supplies. You can use white vinegar and essential oils. I use all the products from doTERRA because those are all essential oil-based, but there are so many companies out there now that create non-toxic 
safe products for the home. This also means your personal care products. So no matter who you are, you are, I hope, showering and using toothpaste and face wash and deodorant and body wash and shampoo and conditioner. And if you're a woman, you're probably using maybe some more makeup items or everyone uses hair care. All of these products focusing on switching those over to non-toxic. I really recommend going to ewg.org slash skin deep and looking up your products. The environmental working group will rate those products on a scale that will tell you how clean that product is or how quote dirty it is. And that gives you insight into the safety of your products because the products we're using go into our skin, into our bloodstream, and these affect us on a cellular level. These affect our DNA, the way our DNA are expressed, our mitochondria, it affects our immune system, our hormones, main, 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 main root cause of of hormone imbalances. This is why people are dealing with heavy metals toxicity in the home with mold, not taking care of the home in the proper way. But all of these environmental factors are so important. And switching over to safe personal care products is such an easy swap. You guys know that I'm a beauty counter consultant. I love beauty counter. I pretty much use beauty counter and doTERRA for almost all. Almost all. I have a few other brands that I that I throw in there. But almost all of my just like products in general. Um, so if you want to shop with me as your consultant for beauty counter, you can go to beautycounter.com slash Christina Rice. You can always email me if you have any questions about recommendations for your skin or, or body care or hair care, or whatever, any personal care products, I'm happy to help you out, but it's an easy swap. You're going to buy stuff anyway. So at least use a non-toxic brand and definitely check what you're using at ewg.org slash skin deep and if not for yourself for other people too if you ever plan on having kids this is of the utmost importance if you want to be kicking for a long time if you want your brain to function properly for a long time start with this now because all of these toxins all of these carcinogens all of the things in these products they all build up in our bodies over time and it'll hit you when you get older if not sooner, but I really think that the personal care products you use, it's just as important as the food you're putting into your body. I don't understand people who take all the time to eat so well, and then they put toxins on their body. It's still going into your body. This is why a lot of people who seem to live a healthy life still have hormonal issues or gut issues or neurodegenerative problems because they're not looking at the environmental factors and what they're ingesting, whether that be what they're breathing in or what they're literally putting on their skin. So switching over to safer products is of the utmost importance. While we're talking about ingredients, before we move to the next pillar, I want to talk to you guys about this episode's sponsor, one of my favorite kitchen appliances, which is Almond Cow. Almond Cow is this awesome machine. If, you're, if you have not seen this before, your mind's going to be blown. Basically, all you do to make nut or seed milk is put some nuts in this device, put in some filtered water, add in any spices you want, press a button, and voila, in less than a minute, you have nut milk. I cannot tell you how much of a game changer this is. It's incredible. You don't have to think ahead of time and soak your nuts. There are way less steps and less cleanup than when you're using a nut milk bag and straining it, blending it, all of that. 
The almond cow does all the work for you and I'm seriously obsessed with this because I don't personally consume dairy and I don't recommend it for most people and I know most people have transitioned over to nut-based milks which is awesome and they're everywhere but also if you look at the ingredients and all of them, a lot of them have so many additives that you really don't need. You do not need the sugar in there. You do not need the carrageenan or the guar gum or the sunflower lecithin or the soy lecithin or the natural flavor, or God knows what else they put in there. But if you buy almond milk from a store or any other nut milk, I encourage you to check out the ingredients. Those ingredients can cause inflammation in the body. They can cause digestive issues. They're turning plant-based milk into a processed food, which it does not need to be. That is why I love making my own nut milk at home, and almond cow is just the easiest way to do it. This has just been a game changer for me. It's also so much cheaper than buying nut milk from the store, which if you look at the prices, it's pretty expensive. It's obviously faster because I can just throw it in my machine and it's done in less than a minute versus going to the store, buying it. And it's so much better for the environment. Single-use plastics are definitely not doing our environment any good. And bottles do not belong in the ocean. They don't belong in landfills. Switching to a glass jug with Almond Cow, leaving the plastic behind is great. So it's great for the environment, great for your wallet. Also great for you in terms of ingredients and your health because you know exactly what's going in it. And you can make your own flavors. You can do whatever you want to customize it. So you could do almond milk, walnut milk, hemp milk, cashew milk, pumpkin seed milk, oat milk, pecan milk, Brazil nut milk, any any kind of nut milk or seed milk that you want. And then you can add in other spices. So I usually like to do a little bit of sea salt, some cinnamon, you could do some nutmeg, you could do a turmeric flavor, a golden milk flavor, some turmeric, ginger, black pepper. You could do some chai spices, some cloves and allspice and cardamom, anything you want. If you can dream it, you can do it. If you drink nut milk, this is a must-have. I'm obsessed with this device and highly, highly recommend getting it. So if you want to check out the Almond Cow, you can go to bit.ly slash Christina and use my code Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, for $15 off. On that website, they also sell their glass jug, so you can get everything right on that website. Again, bit.ly slash almondcowchristina, and use my code Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, for $15 off. And if you make cool nut milk, tag me in a picture, let me know what you're making, because I am always looking for fun new combinations. You can use your nut milk in smoothies, in your coffee, or tea lattes to make my paleo cauliflower quote oatmeal in baking for hot chocolate chia pudding whatever your heart desires so this is seriously a must-have product i cannot wait to see the flavors you guys come up with all right let's move on to the fourth pillar of health which is relationships prioritizing the relationships in your life is seriously key for living a healthy life. So we see issues when people are doing all the quote health things, but they're lonely. Your social relationships, your social support, your feelings of connectedness, this is the most important marker of overall health and longevity. Studies have have shown this. This is the most powerful indicator of if you're going to live a long life or not if you have that social connection. 
And nowadays it's interesting because we have the internet and that can be an awesome way to find like-minded people and feel connected. And I am all for taking full advantage of that. I have made almost all of my closest friends through the internet and that's pretty awesome. But that can't be all of it. We have to bring that into real life. There can be a balance there. So it's really important to have that in-person connection. It's really important to be there in real life in front of them, see them, see them interact, be around their energy, get some oxytocin, hug them, cuddle with them, kiss them if you like them, you know. But our social relationships are of the utmost importance, feeling like you have someone or people who truly get you. And this is not about quantity, it's about quality. So there's really kind of a a max dose here, so to speak, in terms of when we look at research on the amount of social relationships that make people feel happy and fulfilled and satisfied, really, after about five or six close relationships, the benefits just kind of go down because your relationships are not getting any closer. It's hard to maintain really close, deep connections with more than that, and they're not really adding to your happiness level. And you don't necessarily need five or six, so basically the research shows. I took a whole class on this in college, so it's been ingrained in my brain. But after five or six people, you're not getting any more benefits. But in today's world, it's really easy to just be working all the time, studying all the time, doing all the things, and let your social relationships slide to the back burner, but you need to prioritize those. Those are part of health. This is just as important as eating healthy meals and getting in a workout. This is just as important as scheduling in time to be with friends, have that social connection, and not be distracted by other things, like really being present in the moment with people. This goes with friends and family, really developing those relationships and just feeling like you have solid bonds. So focusing on that is key. And also remember, it's important for those relationships to have a strong foundation in the sense of they're not based on proximity or convenience. They're based on shared values and people who push you to grow and challenge you, but have the same core beliefs and who you feel like you can trust. And I know a lot of people tend to give up on that as they get older, which is really interesting. But as you get older, there's just more and more opportunities to run into someone new. The more you get to know yourself and you you get older, the better you are able to form really deep connections because you know what your values are and you're projecting that energy onto the world and then other people pick up on that and people who have the same values will be attracted to you. I also just want to be clear that being on social media, scrolling through social media is not the same thing as being social. Studies also show that the more time someone spends on social media, the more likely they are to be lonely, depressed, anxious. So being on social media can help you make friends, but you want to actually develop those relationships. Just sitting there scrolling is not going to be good for anyone's mental health. It's not the same thing as creating real deep connections. And we just, we can't live on the internet. You know, it's really great to form connections there, but you are not being social if you are sitting on your Instagram feed or your Facebook feed and just scrolling and looking at what other people are doing. That is not social interaction. So we really want to create real relationships, real conversation, actually live our lives, not just sit behind a screen. So 
family and friends, also romantic relationships. It's also really easy for people to just stay single or not have any deep romantic relationship, just kind of date around or maybe sleep around. And you're really still isolated. And while there's definitely nothing wrong with being single, I think it's a very important part of self-growth and self-development. If you want a relationship, if you want a romantic relationship with somebody, but you're just scared, gotta go out there and get it because that will really enhance your life. And so many people have the experience of finally getting into a romantic relationship that is right for them. And it's almost like everything else in their life falls into place because that's helping to balance you out. It's not about having someone complete you. It's not about needing somebody to feel complete, but it's about having that extra addition to your life and somebody who enhances it and pushes you to continue growing and brings out the best in you. So my point basically is that relationships with others is a huge key pillar, but also our relationship with ourselves. This is a really, really important one. And I also see that this is another side of the spectrum. People who are social butterflies or maybe they're always in a relationship. They have so many friends or doing all the things, but they don't know how to be alone. They don't know themselves. They don't know what they, what they really like and what they're like. And sometimes I, I do this exercise with people and I'll say, okay, close your eyes. And I want you to imagine someone sitting in front of you and you don't know them, they don't know you, and they can't see you, and they just want to know about you. Who are you? What makes you you? What do you like? What do you not like? What are your values? Like, what are you going to tell that person? How are you going to describe yourself to this person? And what's interesting is a lot of people have a really hard time with this. They realize they don't really know what to say. It's not about how they look. It's about, you know, who who am I? And a lot of times people will just jump to, oh, you know, I really like yoga or I really like lifting weights and I I love food. I love to eat. And I'm like, no, no, no. But that's not, that's not what makes you you. Those aren't your values. What do you think about? What gets you excited? You know, what experiences have shaped you? These are all the things we really want to figure out about ourselves and being really comfortable with being alone. It's important to be able to be in the world by yourself and feel comfortable and I mean, can you go and take a vacation by yourself or would that be hard for you? Can you go out to lunch by yourself or go to the movies by yourself? Having that relationship with yourself is really, really important. Being okay with the silence and the space and giving yourself to grow and honoring yourself. And this also connects with our body image. Your relationship with yourself is intertwined with your relationship with body. So do you have a negative body image or how do you see yourself when you look in the mirror? How do you talk to yourself? Are you engaging in negative self-talk or are you engaging in positive self-talk? Do you have affirmations? Do you have nice things you say about yourself? What do you like about yourself? Spending a lot of time focusing on your relationship with yourself will enhance every other relationship in your life, will enhance every other part of your life because... People are going to come and go. There's nobody that you're going to be with longer than yourself. That is the most important relationship you'll ever have in your life. And if you can't love yourself, then how are other people going to? Again, this is all energy and people who have trouble finding real deep, amazing relationships with other people in their lives. Usually there's this block because they don't know themselves yet. And knowing yourself means taking the time to let yourself think and actually hear your thoughts and honor your thoughts and listen to yourself talk and what's going on in your head and giving that space and working through it and treating yourself like you are a friend. 
That includes self-care, self-love in the form of doing nice things for yourself, taking time for yourself. What? What makes you feel good? Like, what makes you feel good? Is it getting yourself some flowers, taking a bath, reading a book, sitting outside in nature, playing with your dog? What is it? But doing something nice for yourself is a really great way to develop that relationship with yourself. Like, what would you do for a friend or a partner if you wanted to show them that you really cared, that you really cared about them and you're thinking about them? Do those things for yourself. Write yourself a little note saying how awesome you are. But that relationship with yourself is just so incredibly important. And then also relationships in terms of finance and money and career is a really important aspect of relationships as well. Relationship to money is really interesting. A lot of people have trouble with money. There's a lot of people who are afraid to talk about money or ashamed to talk about money. There are other people who have this greedy, jealous relationship with money, but the relationship with money is really key to hone in on. And that can also affect how you how you bring in money. If you are coming from a scarcity mindset that is going to impact how much money you can bring in and what job you have, if you hate your job, it's not going to bring in the rewards that you really want it to bring in in terms of satisfaction, probably even monetary, as well as you could if you loved it. But finances is a really important part of overall health too because, I mean, we need to feel financially stable to feel grounded and just kind of live in this modern world. And people shy away from their relationship with money or talking about money or asking for what they deserve. But that's also tied up in your self-worth and your relationship with yourself and with other people. So getting comfortable with this financial relationship, dealing with finances, you'll feel so much more secure and less stressed when you really face that head on. and really examining what your relationship is with money. I also recommend listening to my podcast on how to manifest in more money if you haven't already. But if you are somebody who always says, I can't afford that, I can't pay for that, I'll never get that job, you're just coming at it from a lack mindset and this not healthy relationship with money. Or if you're somebody who just spends all their money all the time and you use that to numb out rather than, you know, some people have food or drugs or alcohol and you're using money and you're just shopping away or just buying new things or you're looking for new things to fill a void. You think a thing is going to make you happy, a material possession or more money is going to make you happy. Some people just shoot for more and more money in the bank and they think that's going to fill a void. Being honest with yourself about what your relationship is with money, which also usually means diving into where that came from. This is often rooted in the way our parents talked about money or the way we grew up, how we experienced money, or maybe, you know, our first job experience. All of that is wrapped up in it. Looking into that, being honest with yourself about your relationship with money will really elucidate a lot of things about why you do things that you do, why you say things that you say, your relationship with other people, the decisions you make, and also your relationship with yourself and your self-worth in general. And that is going to lead me into the next pillar, the fifth pillar, which is going to be personal development and mental health. Because when we focus on these relationships, especially with ourselves, but also with other people and money or any other relationship you have, that helps you kind of realize things you need to work on and ways you need to grow and change. And having good relationships in your life helps 
push you in the right direction. So if you, this is why it's so important to surround yourself with people who are a positive influence, who who have good energy and high vibrations. And setting boundaries with people who do not or taking those people out of your life. I know it might sound cutthroat, but this is your life. So high vibes only. Especially because your your vibrations can only increase if the people around you have higher vibrations than you. So anyone who is same level or below you, not really helping you, just bringing you down. If you want to elevate, you have to be around people with higher vibrations. And also part of this is those people show you the spots you need to work on within yourself. And also, as you start to reflect on your relationship with yourself, you will see where you need to work on things in terms of personal development. And this is all also connected to mental health because our relationships in our lives play a big role in our our mental health. Social support and your own relationship with yourself is really tied into your mental health. So doing things that promote personal development and support your mental health are really key. So just kind of at a baseline level, people talk about these things and they're really overlooked, but journaling. Journaling is really amazing for personal development and mental health. It's a great way to kind of brain dump at the end of the day, get things out onto paper, really face any thoughts you might be having, any feelings you might be having. A lot of people are nervous to journal. They say, I don't know what to write about. Just write whatever comes up. You could write what you did that day. You could write something that's annoying you. Pretend like you're just talking to a friend. Pretend like a friend just said, hey, how are you? What's up? What are you going to say? But a journal is a magical place because no one has to read it. You could rip it up and burn it if you want afterwards. It's just you. And it's a place where you can be very open and raw and vulnerable and a place where you could just allow thoughts to flow out that you probably didn't even realize you had. And this really does clear your brain. It really actually helps people with sleeping and just overall productivity when they're able to put their thoughts onto paper, get them out, get them out of your head so you have some more brain space. This is huge, but also a really important part of personal development and anything that you're struggling with, you can work through there. This is also why meditating is great. That's a great way to enhance your relationship with yourself, to focus on personal development, and promote your mental health. Meditating can be 5, 10, 15 minutes a day. It could be an hour if you want, but don't stress yourself out. And I think people just have this block around meditation because they have this idea of what it should be, and it doesn't have to be you sitting on a pillow with your legs crossed. It can be you sitting there just out in nature, just being there. Just being present, paying attention to how your body feels, sitting there, any smells, any sounds, and just kind of being very present and mindful in the moment. And if something comes up in your head, okay. If nothing comes up, okay. It's just about being mindful and giving yourself that brain space and turning off all of the stimulation, all of the notifications, just being there for a few minutes and allowing thoughts to come through because that's a big problem is people just aren't giving themselves the space and time to hear their own thoughts and to feel inspired and kind of get that own guidance within themselves. So this is why 
meditation can be so fantastic and you will notice that you're so much more productive during the day. You can think more clearly. You're happier if you start making meditation a daily part of your life and you don't have to overthink it. You could just sit out in nature. You could sit in your room. You could put on some, uh, you know, ocean noises or some music without words or just be in silence and just sit and notice how your body feels and if your mind wanders it's okay like there's it's it's okay I think people have this pressure like my mind doesn't go blank well that's okay just let it be just allow any thought to float through and give it space also related to personal development is like I said kind of paying attention to where the holes are in your life maybe your personality and being honest about what are things you could work on because we all have things we could work on with the way we interact with the world and communicate with people and our attitudes we all have things we could work on and focusing on working on those changing our language changing our attitude changing our self-talk changing our beliefs in that way but also pushing ourselves to grow in new ways. So I think that a great a great practice for personal development is just trying new things. It could be a new activity. It could be meeting a new friend. It could mean trying a new food. Like just anything that's new, put yourself outside of your comfort zone and try things on. Every time you test your comfort levels, every time you get outside of your comfort zone, you are growing. And that is personal development at its finest. This is also where developing new skills comes into play. Maybe you want to try a new instrument. Maybe you want to try a sport, become a speed reader, become a good writer. Practicing skills is a great way to focus on personal development. Learning in general, this could just mean learning books, setting a goal to read a new book on a certain topic whenever you can. And I think that even reading, well, I mean, I think a lot of people think read self-help books and I think those can be awesome, but I think reading anything in general, you can learn something from, especially if you're analyzing what you're reading. So just reading and learning in that way, listening to podcasts, like right now, this is, this is personal development, learning, learning is a great way to grow as a human. And that is what's going to keep life interesting and keep you motivated and stop you from feeling stagnant. Also make you interesting as a person and people are attracted to that. And goals in general are really helpful for personal development. So being clear on your goals. A lot of people, you ask them what they want or what their goals are and they're like, I don't know. Well, having a goal is really important. It's definitely not about the destination. It's about the journey, but it's good to have a destination in mind and let things change as they do. But it's really motivating to have a clear goal that you're working towards. And also, you're not going to get something unless you put it out there into the universe and you decide what your goal is going to be. And it can be really helpful. You know, people set intentions, which I think are awesome. So maybe at the beginning of the month, you sit down and you think, okay, what are my intentions for this month? What do I want to work on? Do I want to give myself X amount a week for myself? Do I want to make sure I get to, you know, three workouts a week? Do I want to make sure I read for 30 minutes every day? Do I want to make sure I journal every day? Like setting goals and they could be small like that or big ones like that. Like I want to land this job or make this much a year or try five new things, or buy a house, or whatever your goal is. I think goals are amazing. Put it out there, and and don't be afraid. I think people are afraid to put it out there because they think 
oh, I don't want to say what my goal is in case I fail. Well, you're definitely going to fail if you don't even say what your goal is and don't even try. What is it that they say? Shoot for the moon and if you don't make it, at least you'll fall on a star. I don't know if I just made that up, but I'm here for it. Learning and setting goals are just amazing for personal growth, constant personal growth. That's what's going to keep your life interesting. If you're just feeling bored in life, you need to grow. This is also why I love affirmations or mantras, saying who you want to be, what you want to be, what you want to be like, affirming that. I am confident. I am successful. I attract in positive people. I am a money magnet. I am vibrant and thriving. I have energy. Like, who do you want to be? What do you want to be? That's also a form of a goal that you're speaking into existence. So I'm a huge fan of affirmations as well as a form of self-development. Come up with an affirmation, say it multiple times a day, write it, believe it, feel it, and it will come true. And then this is also connected to mental health, but really with mental health, what I want to touch on is doing what you need to do to support your mental health. So that could mean any focusing on any of these other pillars if that is what you know promotes your mental health. Um, I think drawing boundaries here is a big one, being honest about what you need and you don't need, what you do and don't like, what makes you happy and what doesn't, and making time for the things that, that do fill your cup and make you happy. Saying no when you need to say no. Saying no is a game changer for your health, I promise. Talking it out, getting help from other people. So whether this means a therapist or an energy healer, could do Reiki with me. Like all these different things outside help for your mental health can be really helpful. Just having a sounding board, a third party outsider to listen to you and to help you with that can be amazing. But I think all of us kind of know at our core, like sit down, you can journal about this. <laughs> Here we go. You could sit down and think, okay, what do I need for my mental health? What do I feel like strains my mental health? What makes me feel happier and less anxious and less stressed? And prioritize those things. Like I know for me, it's a lot of health habits. It is Definitely sleeping enough, making time for myself, making sure I have time for my morning and nighttime routine, like getting myself ready for the day emotionally and energetically and also winding down after after a day and meditating is really important to me. Doing my Reiki and my energy work, these are things I need and drawing boundaries with people saying no when I need to, but also being flexible enough to say yes when I want to. I'm kind of learning the balance there. If there's an opportunity that maybe it's not the best timing, but I know it would really fill my cup, I will still take it. Or if there's something I need to turn down, it's going to cause, I mean, it's going to ruffle some feathers. It's going to be a disaster, but I know for my mental health, can't go through with it. Then I got to say no. I need to feel aligned. No action without alignment. Okay, so let's move in to the sixth pillar, which is spirituality. Again, I feel like this, like these last few pillars are all, they all feed into each other. You know what I mean? So spirituality could mean a wide variety of things. Maybe you have a specific religion you follow that you grew up with. Maybe you just identify as a spiritual person. Maybe you're into energy work, energy healing. Maybe you believe in the power of the universe. Maybe you are really connected with nature, um, some type of higher power, 
something, but having this sort of like set of values and understanding how the universe works and whether or not you believe in a higher power and just like understanding that sense of spirituality is really, really important. There's a reason why just when we look throughout history, different cultures all had a really strong sense of spirituality. And this is part of feeling purpose. And this is part of feeling community and just feeling like there is something greater to live for and and creating a worldview and a way to to see what happens for us. People like to say to us, but it's really for us to see what happens for us in a way that makes sense and is actually helpful and drives us forward. But having something to believe in, I think is a really important piece of overall health. And if this means you don't believe in a higher power, then like, what do you believe in? Like, there's no right or wrong answer when it comes to spirituality. I think that, I mean, I love learning about different religions and different types of spirituality. Spirituality doesn't have to mean religion, but I think it's really interesting to learn about the the different ways people see the world and what, what they believe in and why they believe we're here and just how, how everything works. Um, I think it's fascinating. And just so cool, and it gives you something to, to ground to ground yourself in and to believe in and to get you through tough times. I think it's also a really important part of understanding yourself is kind of knowing what your spiritual beliefs are, having this sense of spirituality and exploring that side of yourself. Maybe you don't have a religious belief, but maybe you're a meditator. Maybe like meditating is your spirituality. Just being in touch with yourself is your sense of spirituality. Maybe you go to church, maybe you go to temple, you know, maybe you don't. Maybe nature is your spirituality, but I think we all understand what that means if you really think about it. What is your worldview? What makes you feel at peace? What what allows you to make sense of what's going on? Things are happening. Why do you think they're happening? Who's pulling the strings? Is anybody pulling the strings? Do you believe in destiny? Do you believe in fate? Do you believe in a free will? What do you believe in? Again, no right or wrong answer, but exploring these questions is really important to overall health and just having having some core values and beliefs, no matter what they are, I think is a really important part of health. For example, with me, I grew up Catholic. And then as I got older, I learned about different religions. And then when I started exploring more of my spirituality in the last few years and getting into Reiki and becoming a Reiki practitioner and trying different forms of energy healing and just learning more about different beliefs, now my sense of spirituality is very much connected to believing in source energy and the power of the universe and that the universe wants what's best for us and everything is happening for a reason and that there are angels and guides and different beings and entities that guide us along the way that all the answers we need we can find within ourselves that we have a greater purpose all of these things just my worldview now is rooted in that type of spirituality And who knows, maybe things will keep shifting as I keep diving into my spiritual side, but that's just an example of how your spirituality can shift and change over the years, and there's just no right or wrong answer. So these are things I believe in, but maybe you believe in something very different. But what most religions have in common is this idea of a greater purpose, something bigger 
than ourselves bigger than just our lives and some set of guiding principles in terms of morals and values. So that's just an example from my own life, but your spirituality could look totally different. And I think that's what's so cool about spirituality. There's no right or wrong, but it's about what resonates with you. When I think of spirituality, something I think of that's really important that I think everybody, no matter what they believe in, should tap into is their sense of intuition. A lot of us have a lot of questions, but the truth is that most of the answers to our questions are within ourselves. I know it sounds corny, but this is intuition. This is learning to listen to your body. This is learning to listen to your thoughts, listening to that voice in your head, listening to your gut instincts, and also opening yourself up to, I mean, if you believe in anything out there that could speak to you and give you guidance, when you are tapped into your intuition, that opens the door for those messages to come in. And maybe you believe their messages from within you. Maybe you believe their messages from some greater source energy or some spirit guide or some God or whatever you believe. There's no right or wrong, but a sense of intuition will serve everybody because at the end of the day, it's so powerful to be able to, when you're confused, tune in to yourself and find the answers within. And this is why I think meditating, like intuition If everybody could tap into their intuition, everybody has intuition. Everybody has that inner voice. Just not everybody knows how to listen to it. A lot of us got out of touch along the way. But meditating is amazing for this. Journaling is amazing for this. Just giving yourself space and silence is really the first and most important step to tapping into your intuition. And this is going to lead me into my final pillar. The seventh pillar, which is purpose. Having a sense of purpose in this world is really important to overall health. So this sort of ties into the spirituality piece because for many people, their spirituality gives them a sense of purpose. If they have a belief about why we are here and what they're meant to do and what the purpose of it all is. But I think just in a general sense, like, what is your purpose? I believe every person has a purpose. Are you here to help other people? Are you here to teach? Are you here to learn? Are you here to share your story? Are you here to help other people share their stories? Are you here to write? Are you here to entertain? Like, what are you here for? What is your purpose on this earth? For a lot of people, you know, this is about like maybe finding a really fulfilling career path. If you can find your purpose and you know, tie that in with your career. That is the most fulfilling way to do things in my opinion. But everybody has a purpose. Maybe you're, maybe you think your purpose is to help somebody else in your life. Like maybe you are there to help them. Maybe you're here because there's a bigger plan and you, maybe you believe that you're moving on to another life and something incredible is happening then. Maybe you believe that everything now is leading up to something greater in the end, whenever that may be, maybe this is all the foundation for for something else. But purpose is really important. Like, why do you do what you do? Like, I think that a big part of my purpose um, here is to help other people, like to empower other people. I want to help people live their healthiest lives, obviously, um, really help them turn things around. And I, I want to empower them to take control of their lives and realize how much power they have themselves and get rid of that victim mentality and make people think and make people feel a certain way. I want to make people feel better at its core. And I think that all of that is, all that is connected. And I think that all of that is 
is part of my purpose being here. You know, a lot of people experience that like they might try something new, like they might try a new, find a new skill or get a new job and it just clicks and they think, this is why I'm here. I was supposed to do that. I'm having such an impact on people because I do this and maybe that's your purpose, but it really drives you and motivates you and also allows you to see the world in a better way. Like for me, for instance, oh, you know, I, when I got really sick in college and I thought I was going to die and that whole experience at the time, I was like, why is this happening? This is horrible. And it wasn't that long after that, that I realized that was supposed to happen because it was part of my purpose. Because had I not gone through that experience, I wouldn't have started this podcast. I wouldn't have, you know, gone after my blog or become a nutritional therapy practitioner or found Reiki or I felt like everything just was, it was one thing leading up to another and it was all for a greater purpose. And now I see, and I think now as things happen, I always think, okay, this is happening for a reason because of my purpose. Or whenever I feel lost, I can, I can, you know, think on what my purpose is and it helps to re-motivate me and just realign me. And like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Every decision, if I ever just feel like things are out of whack, I think, okay, what's my purpose? Here's what it is. Does this decision, event, action, whatever, does this align with my purpose? If not, then maybe I don't need it. It also helps me with gratitude. Gratitude is a really important part of personal development, mental health, spirituality, all these things. And purpose and gratitude are are really related because when you when you have a sense of purpose, you can feel gratitude for all the experiences you've had before that have led you to your purpose and made you better for your purpose as well as gratitude for things that are happening now and gratitude for what is to come. Gratitude is a really important part of health and really connected with your purpose. But people who feel a sense of purpose have better health outcomes and live longer and just feel more fulfilled. That's how you're going to feel fulfilled. If you feel like you know why you're here, there's no right or wrong answer to that, but you know that. You know your intuition knows this is part of spirituality again they all tie into each other but if you don't feel like you have a sense of purpose here it's really hard to kind of get through the days and be happy and motivated and feel grateful for what you have so think about what your purpose is and use that to guide your decisions whether that be the relationships in your life your career your living choices your travel choices your nutrition choices any of your choices always think about what is my purpose and anytime you're in a dark moment or you're just really struggling, remember what that purpose is and why it's so important that you live your best life. Because when you feel like you have a sense of purpose, you realize you need to be your best self and you need to focus on your health. And all of these things are so important because you cannot, you cannot fulfill your purpose and do your best, your best work and be your best self if you are not focusing on all these pillars of health. You're doing it for something greater. This is the ultimate motivation, truly. Okay, so those are the seven pillars of health. We have nutrition. We have movement and exercise. We have lifestyle factors like sleep, sunlight, stress management, healthy personal care products. Then we have relationships with ourselves, with other people, with money and finances. Then we have personal development and mental health. We have spirituality and we have purpose. So I really believe that if you focus on all seven of those things, this makes for a very well-rounded, truly healthy life. 
a fulfilling one, a satisfying one, and I think these are all the pieces that we should all be working on every day. So again, I encourage you to give yourself a rating of 1 to 10 on each of those pillars and see what's low. Like what, which ones have lower numbers? Which ones do you feel like you're not totally connected with? You haven't worked on that much? And start working on those and focusing on those and exploring those. And don't be afraid. That's part of personal development, remember? Try something new. A lot of times we don't focus on some of those pillars because they might be scary. We don't even know where to start. Just start. So I hope that this was interesting to you and you found it helpful. I would love to hear what you think. You can tell me your thoughts in our Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe, where you can comment on my Instagram and tell me your thoughts. If you enjoyed this or if you want people to hear it, make sure you share it on social media. It always helps other people find the show. It helps me out a lot. And leave a rating and a review on iTunes and or Stitcher if you haven't already that helps me out as well and if you want to dive more into all of these pillars and learn more about what I think is a truly healthy lifestyle then don't forget that enrollment for the final round of my paleo women lifestyle program opens up today today only is $200 off and this is the last time I'm running this course as a group program as this comes out it is Monday July 15th so if you're listening to this like a month later it's enrollment's closed but the course is always available online as a self-study DIY course so you can learn more about all these pillars in there okay I hope you have an amazing rest of your day do something nice for yourself it's good for your mental health your your self-development and your relationship with yourself so gotta hit those pillars do something nice for yourself thank you again for listening and i will chat with you again next time bye